Hey, this is Eugene Kim. I play Paul Young in Obliterated, and you're tuning in to Obliterated Companion. Welcome back to another episode of Obliterated Companion. You guys, another interview today uh, from the Air Force. Captain Paul Young, played by Eugene Kim, is joining me today. Uh, how are you doing, Eugene? I am well. Thank you for having me. Oh, I, you know, the pleasure is all mine. We finally got uh, something that worked for the both of us. So, yeah, happy that you're here. Um, let, let's kick off with this real quick. The, the show just came out not too long ago. There was a writer strike followed by the SAG after strike. And so, you know, actors could not promote anything that they were working on past or present and from struck studios. And um, so when the show comes out, comes out at a very timely, uh, timely time. I think that's how that works. That term works. Uh, But you you guys are able to kind of promote, but then you guys also get like this uh, kind of soft premiere, like like a screening with Netflix. What has that reception been like leading up to the show's release following the strike, right? Because then you got billboards popping up, posters. What was that week like for you? I mean, it it was uh, definitely on brand with our show, Obliterated. Um, It it, uh, basically was a countdown um, because the strike ended the day of our actual premiere in Vegas that we couldn't go to because it was it ended on that day. Um, and we were all bummed and we were, you should have seen our, our text thread. And we're like, do we, do we take a last minute trip? Should we go out there? We're like texting with our showrunners and they're like, they're like, we wish you were out here. And we're like, well, it's only an hour flight. And, and it was just a lot. We were contacting our reps and it's just, uh, it was just a little too last minute. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, thank, thank goodness, uh, Sony hosted our, our our premiere um and it was uh it was amazing it was it ended up being a really really uh it turned out i the best it, it could have happened i think like it was it was um it all just kind of happened all at once and and you know the billboards came up and and we started seeing the commercials and and, and you know obviously the text messages from from our friends and family and the people that we haven't spoken to in a while, they, they, they were all kind of rushing in. So yeah, it was, it was definitely in, in good old obliterated fashion, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I love seeing the pictures of like uh, your sister and your mom, you know, at, at the, yeah. at the screening as well. Uh, yeah. They seem pretty darn supportive. I believe your sister was like one of my first like early followers when I started oh, really? the account. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. She, she's, um, She's a a cancer doctor, and so she she's very like you know when she notices something she'll like you know she'll she'll kind of pay attention to it you know and um, especially if it's something that she cares about and she's so you know she's she's uh, you know my best friend she's she's someone who has definitely supported me throughout my whole entire career and and um, yeah yeah no she's she's uh she's the best yeah yeah that that's that's amazing i, I love that dynamic um now you you've been around for for some time one of this is so funny that you're because you're on obliterated but one of your uh early credits is uh voice acting for the 24 video game yeah that, that was my first voiceover good research <laughs> that was my <laughs> that was my first uh voiceover gig um that kind of broke me into uh voiceovers i I wasn't even 
uh, thinking that I would be a voiceover actor. Um, and it's funny because actors always ask me, like, how do you get into it? And I could never answer that question because it just kind of, I just kind of fell into it. Um, and yeah, so I, how that started was, well, I had not planned on being an actor when I was in, in, in college. Um, and I went to college, uh, in, in Los Angeles, um, from Baltimore. I, I, I came to Los Angeles for, for school and I was studying psychology and, uh, my cousin was out here, uh, doing commercials and, um, she was doing, she was making money or she, she, I could, I thought you could make a lot of money doing national commercials. And I said, I, I want to do that. You know, that that doesn't seem that hard. And then I asked her what, you know, how to, how to get into that. And, uh, she said, uh, go to an improv school, like go, go study comedy. And, and I, and I thought, Hey, comedy, that, that sounds fun. Sure. So, uh, I drove, uh, I, I did some research. I went on backstage West, um, back then the internet. Wow. Yeah. That was a long time ago. It wasn't like it, it, it was 2000. So it was, you know, um, it wasn't as mainstream as it is now, but, you know, I looked it up and Groundlings seemed like the place to go to. So I auditioned for Groundlings, um, to go to the school there and I, I got in and, yeah, I trained there, met some really funny people and and gotten a, a sketch comedy group. It was a uh, an Asian um, uh, sketch comedy group ca- called OPM. Um, Randall Park, you know, Jay Saw, his wife, um, just a, a lot of Asian actors have, have kind of gone through this sketch comedy group. Um, and I auditioned. Uh, somebody in the group told me to audition for their next sketch show. I auditioned and and I got in. I I I. I I uh, was a part of the group and um, the, f- I had six or seven different characters, like one, including um, there was like a, a cat therapy group and I played um, mannequin echo and like how he like was complaining about his arthritis. Cause he couldn't, you know, he did this the whole day and um, Randall's wife, Jay, like was hello kitty, but she wasn't so like bubbly. Like she was just so upset that nobody took her seriously. And, um, <laughs> uh, but um and it was a really funny, it was a very funny, witty OPM stands for open people's minds. And it was just a, it was a group of very like-minded um, Asian American um, uh, comedic actors and non-Asian um, uh, uh, actors, but it was mainly uh, Asian American. We wanted to open people's minds into, into just seeing, you know, Asian uh, artists more than what mainstream was showing, which was all just, you know, you know, thick Chinese accents with, you know, it was very two dimensional. Right. Um, anyway, long story short, I, we do the first night of performances and there, my, uh, there was a voiceover agent and a commercial agent in the audience, and they just happened to be the best in the business. And, um, they, they invited me to come to the, to, to the office and an audition. And they said, Hey, uh, we actually have an audition. Let's try you out. And I, I did it and I, I booked all the North Korean characters on the, on the, on the game. And, um, which is wild because I'm having conversations with myself, you know, so it was a very different experience. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that was my way into, into voiceovers. And that was 24, the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and the show obliterated it, obviously, it, you know, it kind of models, that that format of like an episode is about an hour. You're right. That's why I didn't even like even think about that. Yeah. 24 was an iconic show. Like, and I, I, I I don't feel like it's underrated because it was, it was pretty, pretty popular. Um, 
but it was popular because the show was it's it i know you know about it but for the viewers that don't it, it all happened in real time and because it happened in real time it created this urgency you know a race against the clock and i think what was so smart about how obliterated is formatted and and and, and what the big three like the 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 big three the guys they they created the show into a tv series in a way where it like you do feel the urgency even though it happens over the course of eight hours um it's just very it's just it's just i remember when i read the script i was like oh this is like this is amazing like i i, I want to be a part of this this is this is groundbreaking not only just as a tv show but as a character you know you don't really get a lot of you know as an asian american actor male actor like we don't get parts like this like that are meaty and and just filled with so much that you could sink your teeth into and um yeah i just it was uh definitely a blessing yeah well we'll put a pin on the obliterator because there, there's a yes. lot to impact yeah. well with the things that you said long story short like this my interviews are long form and this is where we get to really learn about the actors um you know like you mentioned you studied psychology in college and like that's such a whole like different venue here to to start going to comedy into acting um like growing up did you do any performance at all like yeah yeah okay. so, some, I mean, some stage stuff yeah yeah i mean it's, it's piano. you played some piano i hear yeah yeah <laughs> you know that i don't know is that is that it's just is it is it the prerequisite like surely you played piano uh <laughs> no no i i just uh it, there was some confirmation on my part that okay like he, he okay. played piano okay, okay. Yeah. got into yeah. fitness yeah. and painting as of late yeah yeah actually i painted that <laughs> okay okay it's kind of like a Rothko. I'm I'm a big Rothko fan, so I, I I was looking for certain colors, and and I um just something that I that I just wanted to just wanted to try. But but yeah, I played piano back in the day. Um, it was back in uh, like elementary school, middle school. I used to compete and won won some you know won some contests. Um, and then and then high school happened, and you're like, well, that's not cool. I just I just want to belong, you know. <laughs> um but uh but yeah when i i i remember when i was when i was like four years old three or four i small enough that i could stand on a a, a, a piano bench thinking it was like a stage and I, I remember reciting these nursery rhymes and and my mom and my dad and my sister just stand, sitting there and just kind of like pretending to be an audience and clapping and and so yeah i mean that was yeah i think i've always kind of been a performer um but uh but yeah in high school i went to an all guy school and uh for for 13 years and so i i uh it was our it was a way to like have interaction with a girls school across the street to kind of like mix it up and i thought you know that's a lot of fun so i i did plays in high school and um i try to be well-rounded they are the school that i went to encouraged us to be well-rounded in in sports and the arts and you know so i played football and i wrestled a little bit and and um and uh i even rode crew like <laughs> but then um but also did some plays and and um yeah loved it didn't think i would ever do it as a as a profession didn't think that that was even something that i that i could do um yeah and then and then and then uh in college i didn't do any acting at all so yeah well, so what made you decide to switch from like yeah studying psychology to to acting 
Uh, yeah, it was, it was just, it was just knowing that you could do a commercial and make a lot of money, you know? Yeah. Okay. That, that, that sounds like fun. You know, who doesn't want to be yeah. on a commercial and, and make money, you know, like residuals and all that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Residuals completely. Uh, I don't know anything about that, but like, that's cool that you guys have something like that. Um, you know, I'm a mail carrier, you know, uh, in the daytime and I work with so many people that have like bachelors and masters and mm -hmm. they're like, this job is just easier and you make a lot of money like yeah. okay so you know i understand that you know you, yeah. you gotta you know feed the family and whatnot um yeah. ha having kind of like you know even with the voice acting that that was some time ago um and being korean w w what is it like for you to kind of see like your culture you know the the k-pop the k-dramas you know <laughs> coming in to like american culture now like yeah it, it's it's wild to me to see like there's people that for years didn't they've only spoken American, and then like K dramas they're they're like learning Korean and 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 yeah. watching shows like that. Well, what's that feel like for you uh, as being like part of that culture and seeing it consumed by you know non Asians? You know it, it it's uh it's interesting because I remember when it first when I think it all kind of started with Psy, you know, with the Gangnam Style, and I just yeah. remember being completely embarrassed i don't i don't know why this was i i remember being at the gym and then it like coming on and then me just wanting to like cover my eyes you know like okay. i just like oh no it's just for some reason it felt like you know your crazy uncle coming into the gym and saying ah gangnam, gangnam style you're just like oh this is so embarrassing like everybody i just felt like everybody was looking at me and i don't know it's just something that i'm not used to because you know, back in the day, you know, when you brought when you brought your kimchi to to the lunch table, you know, that wasn't the coolest thing. So I think it's been it's this thing where you're just like weirdly embarrassed, and then and then you and then you see the K-pop and K-pop really exploded, and you started seeing K dramas um, get popular and more mainstream, and you're like, whoa, this is this is really cool. This is this this interest and um you know i you know, you know actually now that i think of it it's probably unfair for me to say that that the popularization of asian pop culture um embarrassing me because i remember when i was in high school there was a sitcom i don't know if you know this or remember this um there was a, a korean sitcom on network tv called all american girl with margaret cho margaret cho yeah and I just remember seeing, I'm getting chills even, like I've got goosebumps talking about it, but I remember as a kid seeing her face pop up and thinking, whoa, like, whoa, th that's familiar. Like, I remember just being so excited and I tuned in and I was obsessed with the show. I couldn't, like, I always had to be in front of that TV you know, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. to see Margaret Cho pave her way into this industry. And, and I was just so proud, you know, to be Asian. And it was something that I wasn't really familiar with because I didn't grow up around a lot of Asian people. Um, so, yeah, no, that was that was a really, um, I think, pretty formidable moment for me as as. Um, and Asian American um, yeah. to to be represented. And, no, absolutely. You know, the yeah. representation matters. We hear 
the phrase and, and like I, I think you sharing that that little experience right there I think that's that's very unique and we don't hear enough stories about that like you know like we grew up with uh you know um Amer- you know these movies with a, a lot of like you know Caucasian faces Af- African American and then when you see an Asian guy like Long Duck Dong you know he's got glasses you know exchange student and it was like that for years. Like I always, uh, I always um, often referenced uh, the Last Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, and how there's that moment where he's sitting in the movie theater and they're watching Tif- uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. You know, the crowd's laughing at the, you know, the, the the Japanese character played by Mickey Rooney, I believe, right? And and then like uh, Lauren Holly's character, Holly Lauren Holly, yeah, she looks over. You know, Bruce Lee, and he's not, he's not amused. And and then she gets it right then, you know, like, this is offensive, you know? And so like, you know, for decades, you know, we've been trying to get it to a point where we're like, we're not the butt of jokes, you know? And it's like, hey, we could be good looking too. And so I, I, I joke with my son, I go, I go, you're growing up at a, at a good time because we're finally trending. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And he understand that, you know? It's a and good so, it's a good time. It's a great yeah. time. I mean, and being in being an actor, being in this industry for 20 years, I've had um the privilege of of seeing it change and and even just going into rooms and and being able to get into rooms, it's 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 changing at a at a pretty rapid speed. Um, where in the beginning it was it was pretty it was pretty slow, but I also didn't, you know, I was just starting, so I didn't really I didn't really know you know, what it was like before, you know, what it would be like, or what it's like to, to be, um, to have been in the industry and to, to have such limited, um, opportunity. Um, I just blamed it on the fact that I was beginning, but, um, but, but yeah, no, it's, 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 it's changing and, um, it's an honor to be a part of that movement with Asian, Asian Americans. Yeah. I just, you know, Kim and I, we, uh, Kimmy and I, we spoke about uh, Shang Wang. You know, a stand-up comedian. You know, so it's it's, it's nice to see. Yeah, you know, that there, there are Asian comedians as well that can do stand-up, not just you know be in front of the camera. They can. I did stand-up for seven years. <laughs> did you really? I did not know that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was before. Um, well, I mean, you did say the growlings you know yeah, I, didn't, it, I didn't realize for that long those seven years it was sketch comedy i did it i did it back in shortly after i i started doing the sketch comedy because i was really tired i was tired of of feeling irrelevant and i was tired tired of feeling like i didn't have a voice and you know i had my own struggles with it um and i was i was performing pretty regularly at the comedy store and 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 uh at the improv circuit like just kind of getting gigs where i can and and doing open mics here and there um but like i i i remember when i started doing stand up i was like i will not do an asian joke i will not do one asian joke and then um I met up with a stand-up comedian um it was a friend of a friend and he was kind of going over jokes and he's like why are you why are you so against talking about how you're asian that's that's um in his quotes he was like that's what the white man likes like they that's that's you got to do it that way and i was like well you're, you're you're not wrong um and so i started making asian jokes and then i just felt really gross about it you know and so i just like talked about the truth of how 
I didn't really know I was Asian until I became an actor in LA. So I kind of played with the idea of not knowing that I was Asian and that every now and then I would, you know, uh, you would have these realizations. And so, you know, and I, and that, and that worked out pretty well for, for a good few years. And then I just, and then, you know, I did that because I, I gigs as an actor were so few and far between. And um, once I started, once I broke into TV, I didn't really have the time for it. And I was, I've been very privileged um, to have worked um, to, to have worked as much as I have um, as a, as an Asian male actor um, with the roles that I've had, because I, I haven't ever had to like degrade myself or do an accent, you know, um, not that I'm opposed to doing accents. I do like, 90% of my voiceover gigs, well, 80% of my voiceover gigs are in an Asian accent. Um, and they're not comedic. They're, they're very like, you know, they're, and they're mostly elderly, which is funny. Like if you were to hear me, you wouldn't know, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> that it was, um, uh, but yeah, but the most recent, um, video game that I did, uh, Starfield, I didn't have an Asian accent and it was an, it was a straight offer. And I was like, Oh, amazing. Oh, that's so cool. I, I didn't have to audition. I got a straight offer and I don't have to do an Asian accent. Um, but you know, if the, if this, if it's relevant to the story and they like what I do, I, I am very happy to, to, to bring an accent to a character. Yeah. Um, Cause you want authenticity, right? You, you yeah. don't want somebody who doesn't know that accent to exactly. try to mimic it because they didn't grow up with that. They may not even know, you know, like, I guess there's other things where like you, you, um, certain regions, like you mentioned North Korean, that's very specific as opposed to South Korea. Like you, you gotta, and then yeah. there's the dialects involved too. So like, you know, if you want authenticity, you, you gotta get the person that knows, you know, the, the region as well. That's right. And you, and, and with voiceovers, they, they want to be able to dial it back or to make it thicker, especially with different characters, different ages. Um, and my first, one of my first audiobooks was, um, a book called the walled city with, uh, by Ryan Groudon. And it was, um, it's, uh, about the, the, uh, the, the city, um, in, um, Hong Kong. Um, it was, uh, it was like this world. It was almost like, um, uh, gosh, was it Batman where it was like these, it was like a, a village, but it was like upward. It was like a very densely populated city. Um, I got them then. Yeah. It's just tall buildings filled with crime. And, and it was just, and um, it was a super challenging pro project because they wanted different characters with different accents and like they wanted it thicker or, you know, or they wanted, wanted it dialed back. Um, so, yeah, but, and I, I mean, I find that a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, but one of the, one of, uh, I did, I did book a part um, major crimes where he had like a thick Asian accent and he's, he was a plastic surgeon and, um, and they find out at the end that he, that he had been faking it because it's better for business. And, and they're like, first of all, you're, you know, your accent's offensive because you were, you were born in Fullerton. And then I like break character. I'm like, well, what can I say? It's good for business. And it's like the funniest, like turn, <laughs> the funniest turn. Um, so yeah, that, that is the one time I actually had to do an accent on TV. So when you do like, uh, um, a voiceover or not voiceover, but when you do voice work, 
do you, do you have a preference? Because like with voice work, right? You you uh, you're you're in a booth, I'm assuming, you know, or at the very least, you're in front of a microphone. Nobody sees you, and like maybe um, kind of some insight, like uh, you know, if there's pros and cons, if you prefer to be in front of the camera where people get to see you, because I feel like you know, if you're just behind the microphone, it's a little bit more freeing, possibly, to kind of be as animated as you can to kind of yeah. get the right inflections. I mean, you can, I mean, if you're working from home, you can just, you know, work in your underwear, you know, like that's kind of, I mean, just like the way you are now for the people that yeah, are listening. You know, at home. I have you zero know, pants on right now. Yeah. Totally in underwear. He didn't know it was going to be on camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, no, it's, it's, I'm wearing sweats, so I am comfortable, but I, um, but yeah, no, I, um, uh, your question is, do I have a preference or? Yeah, or, yeah, dude. Yeah, just because like uh, I I would imagine because no, well obviously uh voice over voice work you you said you can do, now do it from the comfortability of your own home right um so that aside but like just just uh I guess it's you know when when you have to roll right like you can be as animated as you can is that a little bit more freeing because nobody can see what you're doing versus like being in front of the camera where like is there any sort of like a reservations you have in terms of uh, performance in front of a camera. Um, no, no. I mean, I, I, you know, they're, I guess they're just two completely different mediums and I appreciate both for what they are. Um, I, huh, that's a really good question. I mean, there's something really freeing about voiceovers where you can do multiple characters and get lost into a character without any knowing that no, that people wouldn't have a preconceived notion by the way you look, you know? Um, so yeah, I do love voiceovers in that way, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking about all the fun that we had on Obliterated that I just sure. was like, man, like it's just, and all the and stuff. You're a gym rat too, so you kind of want to show off, like, you know. Oh, yeah. Pythons <laughs> and stuff, right? <laughs> well, you were yeah. part of that body, so you want to show that off on, on, on camera. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. We didn't Paul, see enough of it. I'll, I'll tell you that. I was going to say, Paul doesn't really have to. And I was, I was not. I was not mad at that, uh, seeing what everybody else did. But weirdly, there was a moment towards the end where I was like, huh, I feel left out. Why wasn't I naked? You know, but um, and they keep on joking about it. They're like, well, season two, you're going to, you know, if we get it, like, you'll be naked the whole time. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, we'll just we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, we could blame Frank for wanting to dress uh, Paul in layers. You know, he talked about like the vest and all that stuff. Oh, you know, just layers, it, more protection. It so fun. It was my first experience with Frank. And I remember, um, all right, do you want to get into the obliterated? Let's, let's get into obliterated. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get it all, a little all over the place, but go ahead and start with this sure, story. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, it's just a good segue. I just yeah. I remember, well, first of all, like when I booked it, I didn't have very much time. Um, it like, sounds, it, seems to be the DNA for Judge Josh and Hayden. Like there's, you, you get it, <laughs> boom, boom, days later, you're on set. It's well, it, it, it is, it's just how our business is sometimes. Like, it's just, you have to be ready to go at, at a moment's notice, you know? And, um, and with obliterated, it just, you know, it, it just seemed, it's just, that's just how it, it's just how it worked. Um, I, you know, I got this, I got the call for the audition. Um, well, I guess we'll talk about the audition, right? Oh, yeah. That, okay. Yeah, you, you were going to start with Frank, and I was going to reel it back to like you booking that role. Uh, okay, is well, this, uh... Well, well, we can talk about Frank then. We'll, we'll just talk about. Well, so when I walked in, when I walked in to see Frank, okay, I walked in to see Frank. Um, super friendly guy. I'm like, you know, 
really excited because, you know, the building of a character really, for me, it, it kind of starts with your wardrobe because you, how you, how you dress is kind of, you, it breathes life into, into who this character is. Cause you kind of have an idea and you brought something to the table at your audition. Um, and we tried a number of clothes on, I think uh, in the script, it said, you know, Paul, um, late thirties, forties, um, clad in, in Izod, like, you know, Izod type, uh, gear and and i had to look at golfing gear for those people that don't know and, and which you also do you dabble yeah. in golf i uh, yeah well yeah I, I i just started like i i it's it when we were trying on the clothes he was like no that's not it that's not it and when i tried when i tried the the outfit that i wore he just could not stop laughing he was <laughs> he was laughing he was laughing and, I, and like i felt like, you know, as an actor, you're like, Haha, but he wouldn't stop laughing. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, you feel kind of like insecure. But then I look in the mirror. I'm like, this is hilarious. Like, no, you're right. Like, this is this is Paul. Like, this is this is who he is. Because you don't really see or know who Paul is until the party. You know, before it's just, oh, he's this badass chopper pilot. And you see him in his, you know, tactical gear and uh and but the reveal is when when you see him in his eyes on, you know. Um, so um, actually, I saw a clip of Frank saying uh, I was meaning to send him a picture because I actually do. He mentioned um, a clothing brand and I actually own Elbean. Uh, uh, no, it's oh. a catalog brand. Um, was um, this in my interview with him? It was in your interview. It was in the clip that okay, I yeah. Oh, uh, gosh, I forgot. I'm kind of mixing it all. I, I feel like it was like it was a while ago. It was one, yeah, yeah. It was one of your first ones. Um, and man, it doesn't matter. It's I'm actually really happy that I can't think of it because it means that it really is not part of my wardrobe. Right. right. It's because my mom. My mom will buy me clothes, and it's and it's Edward Bauer, Eddie Bauer. Eddie no, Bauer, no, I love Eddie Bauer. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I am Paul. Let's face it. Okay, uh, <laughs> um, I'll think of it. Anyway, um, so yeah, but the wardrobe it kind of it set the tone for 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 who Paul is, and um, and it's crazy because it it's even though I had one outfit, I actually we had like six different versions of that outfit because of each episode, Paul kind of goes through a different thing. So, you know, one, there's a little bit of like, there's a little bit of dust like that needed, you know, that they needed to make permanent. And then they, then another episode, they had like prickles, you know, and then there's another, you know, that has blood on, you know, had blood on it. So they, they had to make sure that, cause you know, we would, we would film on a sequence. So sometimes we would shoot episode um, six, then we would shoot episode two, and then we'd shoot episode one, you know? Um, and so we need to make sure that we're, you know, that we're wearing the right outfit for continuity. The continuity. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so bo- booking the role, so you talked about the wardrobe. Uh, what, what was it about this character that, that, that made you want to, uh, so was it audition or was this like an agent and it was like, Hey, send in a tape. I, I guess I don't really know how the, the casting and the okay. audition works. If they're hand in hand, if they're separate. So I, I got, I got an email from my rep, my reps um, and it, and you know, I, I read it and I saw Cobra Kai guys and I was like, Oh wow. That's like such a, and I know I've known 
um, Courtney on the show who, who plays Miss LaRusso for a really, for a long time. We've known each other really? for like over a decade. Yeah. Okay. And I, so yeah, so I was a fan of the show from the beginning because I knew she was on it. I watched, you know, to, in support and she's just kills, she kills that role. She's so, she's so good. So good. We, we had the same comedic acting coach. Well, she's not a comedian. She's an acting coach, but she's so like, she has a lot of like comedic actors that go through um, her school, Leslie Khan. She's amazing. Um, I, uh, so when I saw that the, 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 that the guys were, were producing this, I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is going to be a fun one. Like, this is going to be great. And then I read, and then I read, the breakdown and and they described him uh paul as abstemious and um first i have to look that up and be like well what does that mean uh and it means can and, you enlighten us because i don't know what that means i'm gonna have to look that up myself yeah i mean that's definitely i think but up right yeah. but well it's it's somebody who um knows their limits like who yeah. doesn't overindulge um uh which is completely not me i mean if you've seen pictures of me in the past like i'm i am like like I used to be very, very big and I enjoyed food, had no limits. I had no boundaries with foods, food. I had no boundaries with alcohol. I had no boundaries with a lot of things. And, um, and now that I'm older, I've, I've, I've learned about boundaries. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, that's definitely a Bob Dearden word. I feel like Bob wrote that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just hear like it. Yeah, Paul's abstemious, you know. But um, I um, but yeah. So I read I read the breakdown and I said, you know, it, this guy doesn't sound the coolest, you know. <laughs> I'm like, and it, you kind of want, you know, as an actor, you're like, you want to be the cool guy, you know. Um, but I, you know, I, 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 the audition had it was like 14, 15 pages. It was something. It was very. It was very lengthy and there are a lot of monologues because he paul goes through what he goes through and there's and each each scene came from a different episode because they you know it's very intentional they want they want to see what you do with this character and see how far you go so i just remember thinking okay he goes on this trip I, I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna play effed up i'm not gonna play drug too drugged up because that's kind of a like you know what robert downey jr said in, in Tropic Thunder, like, you don't want to go full, you know, you, you just want to, you want to just, just be realistic. Let's just, you know, and, and I do it. I work really hard on it. Um, and then two days later, um, they, I get a note from casting um, that he, they said, we need you to retape. It's a, it was a self-tape. They, we need you to retape. He needs to be way more effed up. And I was like, okay. So I, you know, came up with this idea. I was like, okay, I'm going to start my audition with my eyes right into the camera. So the first thing they see is these, is these eyes. And I'm like, you know, and then I see a dragon and then I'm like, and then I even like, you don't ever show the back of your, you know, to an audition, but you know, I, I was like, I, I like had my, my back like this and I was like looking at stuff and well, cause I didn't have the first line in the audition. So I was just, you know, I was just kind of like making that time like really count, you know? And, and it wasn't just random things. Like I actually came up with the story of like what was around me and um, yeah. And then, and then that brought the stakes of like, I need to save my daughter, 
you know? And it wasn't like, I wasn't playing it high. I wasn't like, oh, I'm my scassy. No, it's like, no, I, ha- I have to save her. Like that's, and the realism of that in, in the situation kind of brought the, the, the high, the, the degree of highness and in, into the character. So, and that was a lot of fun to do. I went balls out. Like the last, the last scene was this, this monologue that I have with Kimmy's character and I'm like, and they described it as a, um, as a Jim Belushi rant from Animal House. And it was like this beautifully, like, oh, like this, this long, juicy monologue where he's just like freaking out. And he's like, I gotta see my daughter and this and that. And he's tied up and, you know, um, uh, and I'm like sweating and everything. And then I'm like, I send it off. And I'm like, we'll see. And I don't hear anything. And a week and a half goes by and I see in the trades, Shelly Hennig books, Ava, the lead of, of obliterated. And I'm like, Oh, and I've known Shelly for 16 years, you know, for a very long time before she even became an actor, which is random. I mean, they have this joke that I seem to know everybody. I just feel like I'm like, I don't know. I, I just to say that. I, yeah. I don't, <laughs> they, they, yeah, it's, it's very random, but I, um, but I saw, I'm like, Oh man, that would have been fun. Like to do a project with, with a uh, little Shelly, Shelly Hennig. Um, and then another week goes by like three and a half weeks go by and nothing, no feedback, nothing. And I'm like, yeah, well, I messed that up. Like that casting office is never going to call me again because I went, I went over the top, you know, it went, it went too far. You, you, you didn't listen to Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. You don't go too. Yeah. You don't go full. You don't go full. And, um, and then I get a phone call the day that I was like, I don't know if I want to be an actor anymore. Like, this is like, this is like, I had a lot of close calls like that, like a lot of close calls. And I don't know. I think every actor at some point says that to themselves, but I was just like, ah. Cordy did too with Cobra Kai. She, oh, she really? was like, she was, there's reports that she was saying that she was almost done with acting. And then, and then she oh. got that role as Amanda. Oh man. It's just, yeah. Yeah. There's the fatigue is real, you know? And yeah. There's only so much tenacity you can have for two decades. For me, like it was, you know, it's been, it's been that long. Um, and I, um, and then later that day, I get a call from casting and they say, they love your tape. Um, the, the producers, the showrunners, they, they want to, they want to zoom with you tomorrow. And I said, I was like, for what? Wait, what project? And they're like, obliterated. I'm like, obliterated. Cause that was like, a month ago and I had to look it up. I was like, Oh yeah, I went, I went, I, I retaped for that. Oh, okay. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, Whoa. Wait, that I have to relearn 15 pages by tomorrow. And I made it work. I canceled my I had dinner plans. I canceled my dinner plans. And cause that's what you do. You know, it's at moments notice and I auditioned and it like, the chemistry with these guys from the, from the get go, I was like, man, I love these guys. Like the, they had me do it different ways. And I was like, yeah, let's play, let's do it. Let's play. And, um, you know, they were laughing, people were laughing. I was laughing. Like we were just having a blast and it just felt so good. It felt like a great date. I don't know. It's a weird thing to say, but I remember thinking like, wow, that, that, that feels really good. Um, and I get a call from my reps and they're like, they, they loved you. They loved you. And I'm like, oh, they're like, yeah, uh, you're going to test the next day um, t- 
tomorrow and and uh we'll get you details on that but i think it's probably between you and two or three other guys and i'm like okay awesome great and then uh i wait because i was in the morning i wait it's like three o'clock i go to the gym try to like clear my mind five o'clock comes around i'm like okay well maybe i should study i'll study i'll study 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 like let's get these lines down and then eight o'clock comes around i'm like i haven't heard anything like, and I keep, and my reps are like, we've heard, we haven't heard anything yet. And I'm like, okay, well, like, just don't, don't worry, you know, um, just be prepared. And I'm like, okay. And the next morning I get a, I get a call from my reps, from my manager. And there's this like sigh and I'm like, oh, he's like, Hey, Hey, Eugene, um, you're not testing bud. And I go, okay. I was like, I know, like I'm used to this. And they go, Netflix is straight offering you the role. And I was like, awesome. what? Studios. I was like, wait, they're offering me what? Wait, what? 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 And I, I was so, I was screaming. I was so excited. And they're like, the table read is next week. You got to pack your bags to, to move to New Mexico for five months and like all over the weekend and, and, and everything. And they're like, you know, it was just, it was just a whirlwind. It just like my, my, my whole life just kind of changed overnight like that. It was, um, it was unreal. And then, you know, I go to the table read. No, actually I go to the, I go to my hotel and and then uh, I'm just so excited to surprise Shelly. And I get a text message from her and she was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, hi, <laughs> I hadn't spoken to her in a while. And I was, and she was like, meet me up on the roof. Um, uh, there was a restaurant on the roof. It wasn't like a random, like meet me on, <laughs> meet me on the roof. Um, <laughs> no, meet me at the the rooftop restaurant. I was like, yeah, yes, let's, let's, uh, Let's catch up. And um, and then we got into the table read. I met and Terrence was sitting, sat, sat down next to me, and he was cracking me up from the get-go. Tommy was my other side. He was so lovely. And the chemistry was it was it was buzzing. Like it was like Nick, like it was like it just felt so good. You guys just clicked immediately, organically. Immediately, just. immediately. It was so good. It was so good. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was, I've never felt that before in anything that I've ever done like that. Yeah. It, it, it almost sounds like when you got that uh, role, when you get, when you got that call, it, it seemed like you already knew that your life was about to change. Yeah. Just this project. What was it? Was it because John Josh and Hale was producing? What was it about this, this role? Um, I think, I think it was just the opportunity knowing what Paul, what Paul's arc was in the story okay. and knowing how it, it is a rarity for, um, a person of my type to get a role like that. Like that, it, like, I just knew I was just so grateful that, that these guys trusted me with with that responsibility to bring Paul to life in that way. Yeah. And, and you also brought something else to life, a little gremlin, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you want to get into that now, 
but oh, um, whatever you actually, want. I mean, yeah. What was any of uh, your your self tapes? Any of that stuff involved? The is, is it Zod or Zod? I, I guess there's still a little bit of confusion because I thought we were told Zod. It was changed to Zod in post production. Oh, I thought it was Zog. Um, yeah, right. Because then that's why I I shared like a, a a thing with like you know General Zod because I think I think there was some some clearing problems with the name Zog. There, so, I, I that does sound familiar. So, um, because I know that there are names people named Zog out there. I think right, yeah. right. I I think it was like Tommy's friend or something. I think that's why. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was the whole thing. Was any yeah. of that part of your uh, the the fourteen fifteen pages that you you had to learn was with that character? No, at all. In fact, Please surprise. Um, in fact, the the I didn't realize he said he so in the monologue that they they actually cut this monologue out of of the sh- of the show um, initially. Initially, they had they I, there was no trace of this monologue. They had taken it out because they they changed the 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 sequences of the stories and um they had me tied up in a in like a like a pantry um because okay. I, oh. yeah and 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 i'm and mom it started off with like and i'm surrounded by tomato sauce and like you know and but like all i have is my vulture my gremlin and you you know and i remember reading gremlin i'm like what is going on here like i just have to believe to make to make that believable but i didn't i only had the the script for the first episode so i had no idea like i knew that i was eating guacamole so i just assumed okay there must be some sort of gremlin that's coming after me um but yeah there was there it was it was very unclear it was very unclear in the audition um and uh and yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so, um, what was the uh, table read like? What, what what do you guys usually do? Is it like the first episode? Is what a table read? Episode. Yeah, the first episode. Um, and uh, songs, um, songs. I don't know why I said that. Um, that's without. Songs. <laughs> oh, I was like songs. I'm like, <laughs> I was possessed by a French Frenchman uh, for a second. Um, without without. Maya, because they Maya was a very difficult find. They they had a very difficult time finding this Maya. Um, there was somebody else at first, right? Yeah, yeah there was yeah. somebody else, um, and then they were recast. But it was like, yeah, they had they had a very difficult time finding this person, and um, and it almost it did feel a bit incomplete without this one character, and when. I remember when we found out that they had hired that they had hired um Kimmy it f- almost it weirdly f- for me I'm I'm a weirdo um it felt like someone had given birth and we were all so excited like that's what it felt like oh my gosh we found her we found her we got her you know like it was we were all so excited and then when we met her it just made sense we were just like yes 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 and then when she, when we saw her act we're like yes yes like it's just so hard to believe that she was taft hartley which means you're brought into the union to do this role that that being taft hartley to do anything to 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 uh being being a non-union actor and being brought into a union project is so atypical like you have to be a company needs to be very um desperate to find somebody you know to do that 
they they searched everywhere for this for this girl and um and Kimmy just kind of she just nailed it she just freaking nailed it and there she was just sitting in Seattle yeah she was just sitting in Seattle like you know uh, you know fixing toilets you know apparently uh, <laughs> she asked you not to bring that up just you know oh yeah <laughs> she's like my she's like my little sister I like we had such yeah. a good time we we drove up um we had a we have a a, a pretty awesome scene together which I I so that was the scene that I had audition I had had my my audition scene was you know it's the scene where he riles her up to like become this you know to try to save the day right um and I I remember like it was like a line and it I didn't feel like like I feel like it would have been fine but I also just loved Paul having this moment and then Maya kind of like getting into it and being like him being like, so what? Like, you don't have your tech. Like you think that, is that going to stop you? You know, I just loved the idea of Paul, like be like spearheading this spearheading that moment, but also for me to have that moment of like pure, like that's my moment where I'm like, really like, I don't know what's real. You know, I don't even know if I'm talking right now, you know, um, I love that. And, um, and the beautiful thing about the writers, um, um bob and joe and what like everybody like I, I remember telling joe and bob this and they were like yeah just text hayden and so i texted hayden and hayden like texted me back immediately he's like okay yeah let's let's do it let's let's work it out let's i'll get i'll get you something tomorrow to you know and i was like okay you know and they got me something great you know like it it was it wasn't as lengthy but it was like just it was enough it was good it was it was great. It was it's a, a fun little moment between you know Paul and and Maya, and yeah. um, uh, I drove um, Kimmy up to because we filmed that scene. Um, a lot of that stuff by in that boathouse. It was up about an hour outside of Albuquerque, so um, we carpooled and we just kind of spent some time and and listened and uh, to some Britney Spears and danced and sang and and kind of like. You know, we just really bonded uh, on the trip up and and um, not that we needed more chemistry, but it brought us a lot closer to to do what we did for that episode. Yeah, she she credits, I mean, or references, you know, that that, that uh, Paul and Maya moment as like one of her favorites, you know, oh, just cool. being able to, yeah, just to sit there and just go back and forth to you. Um, I mean, it's funny you mentioned Brady Spears because now I'm thinking like the, the Haggerty line, right? I also mentioned that to, to, to Kimmy too, like Haggerty's like a pretty bitch, you know, when he's, yeah, you know, passed out on the raft or whatever it was. Also, so so I didn't, uh, you know, like I, I don't think there's like any way for me to really look this up. Was Tommy your first on-screen kiss? That that's wild. That is, is wild that you even mentioned that because oh. I told my I told my mom, uh, I told my mom I was like, because uh, I was just home this past weekend, and my mom has probably watched the show more than anybody. I think she's probably watching. I'm not joking. Probably like seven or eight times. Like through. Very supportive of you. Yeah. Yeah. She's very, that's just how amazing my, my, my family is. Um, uh, and I remember we were watching that scene together and I, and I had, and it dawned on me and I, I, wa- I was watching it. I was like, I, that's my first on camera kiss is with Tommy. And I'm like, 
I actually love I love that. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. 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 He was my first on-screen kiss. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's kind of a big flex. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just like, oh, you know, if that just I don't know if that's ever a conversation actors are having, you know, like, did you have like, yeah, mine was Tommy Howell. You know, I know. My, like, right. Like, boy, come on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, now, um, when when did you first know that that was going to happen? You know, is that something scripted? Was that on the spot? Like, hey, I feel like Haggerty's going to kiss Paul at this moment. Um, okay. We so, get to it. yeah, no, it's it's funny. Um, being on set, I mean, there's a lot of like chaos on set. There's a lot of like there's makeup, hair, there's wardrobe. Everybody's doing like their extras, and you know, in in the school of 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 um, training that I've had. Um, I, I just, I really love just really authentic moments. I mean, that's kind of a trite, I mean, not trite, but kind of like an obvious thing to say, but like, I, I really love um, like when I get emotional to a scene, like, you know, it can be method, you know, like I'm very, I, I really get engulfed myself in, into moments and and um i really enjoy that process and i enjoy when i'm caught off guard and we before we shot before they yelled extra uh uh, uh action um tommy i'm tom, i remember tommy going hey eugene i'm uh i think i'm gonna and i remember just being like nope don't tell me you have my consent do do whatever you want and uh, <laughs> you know and that is that is and that's what happened he, he he kissed he kissed me he i didn't realize how because when we rehearsed it he it was just it we just we just he was just like young gun like and he just like said his lines i had no idea that he was going to be so intimate and that he was going to grab my cheeks and that he was going to guide me in and that our conversation was going to happen like that it was like it was pretty it was pretty hilarious but in the moment i'm not thinking oh what's happening in the moment i'm i'm paul and i'm like like i have respect for him he's my peer um but you know he's like paul is a very peaceful man you know i, I he's a person that like he he loves his family he loves his friends um and he's not somebody that would want anything to be escalated he's not one to like start a fight you know, yeah. and so in my mind, when that happened, I was just like, yeah, just, I just was going, I just went with it. <laughs> and, and, and from a professional standpoint, like, you know, you, you've mentioned seven years of stand up, but like, you know, like, uh, like improvisation, you want to take what your partner's giving you too, yeah. right? So you, are, so you don't bring. Are, yeah. yeah. Those are gifts. Yeah. Those are gifts. I mean, it's, it, the, what, working with Tommy. Oh, I mean, whenever Tommy was in a scene, he always elevated it tenfold. Like it was yeah. like, it was like, what was that? You know, it was, it was, uh, I always loved working with him. He's so great. And we had, we had, we, I just felt so much chemistry with that guy. And I, I love that guy to death. Like he's so, he's such a, such a legend, but also just like, he's just such a kind soul. Like I really, I, yeah, just love that guy. Um, but yeah, and then so when we when that happened, the yelled cut. I just remember John coming out. His eyes were like bugging out. He's like, "That was amazing." What he was like, "What was that? That was amazing." He's like, "How did you not break? Like, what? How did that was that was it? We got this. We got it." Like, and I was like, "You sure?" Like, 
He's like, no, that was it. That was it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> That's amazing. So can you talk about filming with Zod? We'll go with Zod because that's the last thing John said on X, Twitter. <laughs> and, also, and also Zod is, I saw that. So I was also kind of like, oh, that's interesting. But uh, right. it wasn't easy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the interesting thing is Zod wasn't, um, he wasn't even done. He wasn't even, he didn't even exist until the fifth episode. So okay. like so my reactions in the, in the helicopter, um, though there were some reshoots where they, they didn't include him, but my reaction shots were all to a tape that had an X on it. It was a, a, a spot. Okay. And, and my turns were, were, um, cued by somebody yelling gremlin. So I, so yeah, so I, I didn't even know what Zod looked like until after we, after, am I allowed to say, are we spoiling? Oh yeah, oh yeah, it shows been I, out. Yeah, oh so after after the the helicopter crashes, I we I had no idea what he looked like. So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's why. Did, did did you feel like catfished at all when you actually see Zod, like even dressed up as Elvis and stuff? You're like, that's what it looked like. Did you did you have any other like what, what did you picture of this grandma? Well, they, like they had they had sketches of him, and they're like, they, okay. think this is what he's gonna look like, and. It was kind of like a cross between like the gremlins from the 80s, like the bad ones to like, you know, to 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 like uh, like commando or something. It was just it was it was it was an interesting it's an interesting take. Um, and then when we finally met him, I remember we were at it was it was episode five and it was at the boathouse and and the puppeteers came to set and, and, and Hayden was like, hey, the the he's here. And I, and I, I remember like they ran, I ran over cause I, I was so excited and uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was really exciting. And, and, um, and then, and then I, and then I had to, to film with him and that took, then I, then I, then it got old. And then I was just like, okay, come on, Zod, get it together. Like, yeah. You know, you you have like three puppeteers like moving. You know, you got the animatronics going on like with with the with the with the um, remote control, and you know it takes it takes longer to to work with a puppet. You know, to set him up, and um, you know it, you're just and it's like five in the morning. And you're like, come on, like let's get this done. Let's get this done. Like I remember the 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 scene where I'm shooting the sniper rifle like across the lake that was like that was all done in a series like at the very end of the night and i was exhausted it was a it was a long day and um yeah you know that that may have even helped you know to kind of put you in the mind space of paul for that moment as well one of the funniest moments of Paul's, you know, like he's trying to kill this fucking gremlin, yeah. you know, but, but he's hitting like the bad guys by mistake. And it's like, these guys just keep getting in the way. That's, <laughs> you know, absolutely, just- that's absolutely right. So, I mean, that's absolutely, yeah, Peter, you nailed it because I, you know, in the school, like the, from like acting classes, like you really use like your frustration, like the moment, like if it's there, use it like, ah, come on. Like, you know what these guys keep getting in the way like i <laughs> didn't shoot this gremlin you know such a it's a funny moment and it, and it's all real because it really is like uh you know you you put into the frustrations of what you feel into a moment 
So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. End of the day, you're probably a little delirious, you know, probably not really on shrooms, but you know, like Paul's delirious right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, and, and then there's a lot of pressure when it comes to acting. Um, and it's just you, it's just you. And there are like 50 people on set and, and, their night ending is dependent on you and you nailing it, you know? So it takes, it takes a lot of like relaxation and focus and, and all that. And, you know, for some reason that's just those, those pivotal scenes end up being the last things filmed, you know? Um, And, you know, the scene where I had uh, what I think is my last conversation with my daughter in the helicopter was all done at the end of, of shooting. It was, it was, it was the last thing shot. I was like, of course. And, you know, they want this like tearful, heartfelt kind of experience done, like in a few, like in a couple takes, you know, they were like, we got to get this done. Come on. Like, it's like, like, let's get there. And, um, and it's, and it's such a, it's such a chaotic experience because I'm in this helicopter. It's daylight. So they're shining artificial light into my like face and there's a camera right outside of the helicopter looking in and there's a tennis ball dangling to where my daughter is my daughter's not actually there she's not actually saying her lines the lines are being fed to me by the script supervisor and so i have to imagine saying goodbye to someone i really love to a tennis ball you know and and i have to do it in like very quickly because a lot of people want to go to sleep, you know? Yeah. So. so where do you draw the emotions from? Because like those that felt real, right? The, uh, obviously it's so beautifully written. I was sobbing. I was <laughs> sobbing during that scene. Like I was legit crying. I was like, oh, you know, I was wiping away real tears because that, like, uh, it was wow. just so believable. And it's just so that's amazing. Like, that's that honestly the, the best that, that is the, that makes that. Thank you for that. Cause that makes me feel, good that you not that you cried but that you were that you were that you were touched by 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 it um it was very emotional you know yeah. we uh spoke off mic uh gosh no, i'm sorry I'm, I'm mixing up details like whether you know this i mean i'm a dad of five i have yeah. a daughter that is 21 years old that i don't see a lot of and yeah. so like when paul is speaking i'm like yes i i, I have been away from my family and like Paul, like he's also a man serving the country, and this is a very tough situation. He he's about to do this big thing and having this big talk. It just it just felt very real, yeah. relatable to me. But yeah. but just like the emotion, it, it, it just it, it felt real. And so so like for you to like oh yeah, it's at the end. Or, you know like oh, we got to get this done quick. It just a felt like ball and your that's that's your focal point. And you know it's I I can only attribute it to like. I, I am so grateful for the coaches that I've had in my past. Like Leslie has, has taught me so much. Um, Catlin Adams, who, who taught me like the Strasbourg method. She's very like all about relaxation and about um, just being able to authentically feel these emotions and how to, how to, you know, kind of conjure them up. I, you know, for years, you know, you, you train how to, how to, how to because she she actually she trained um uh uh zoe saldana in um in uh, avatar 
So a lot of our training had, had to do deal with what, what, how would you do a scene if there was no scene partner or if like, it was very much about imagination and creating the world around you and being able to, to um, yeah, work opposite nothing. And because I had done that for years still, I mean, it wasn't easy, but because it wasn't a foreign thing to me and they were like, okay, this tennis ball is your daughter. I was able to, I was able to do it. And, you know, with, with the work that I've done with that scene and with who Paul is and who his daughter is, it was, um, all I needed was to relax and focus and, and, and it worked. It, it yeah. just worked. Yeah. The, tr- the training kicked in. So it's not like you had like a table read with the tennis ball and, and built like any sort of chemistry with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah <no. laughs> to, to do I'm, like, I'm like cradling the tennis ball and kissing yeah. it. Yeah. It. I don't want to eat up too much of your, your personal time, but, uh, you know, maybe just a couple more uh, sequences sure. of Paul, you know, to shed, uh, some, some insight on, um, the, the diner fight brawl you know uh, let, let, let's talk about like what you kind of remember from from ordering a plain bagel or muffin plain muffin, muffin. yeah plain muffin all the way to being in a chokehold by beatrice oh my goodness that was one of that was one of my favorite episodes to film i mean each episode had its moment um but it was fun what was what's great about what the guys did with the show is that they paired like you never really see us with the same pairing. Like it, it, they kind of like, you know, you, you see me with Gomez, you see me with Kimmy, you see me with the guys, like you see like how we all, um, how our dynamics work as characters. And that was a lot of fun for, for it to be, you know, as Allison said, with the girls, girls day, you know, for us to have a boy's day. And um, even though, uh, Nick and, and T's character, they're, they're not the biggest fan of Paul. Um, we, we had, a, we had a blast. It was, it, it, it felt so, it, it was so much fun. Um, the diner scene. Um, and we were lucky to have really, a really great stunt coordinator and stunt, um, stunt guys. And, um, uh, they flew in my friend Hayden Lamb, who's such a talented, um, uh, stunt guy who I met, he was my stunt double on, um, on the rookie. Um, it was so cool to be able to have him come out there and they were like, we got him. And I was like, what you got him? Like, that's so cool. Um, uh, and he, he was just the best, like really just kind of helped me learn how to like, to, to make the punch to the gremlin pass and, and, and the whole fight. It was just, it was so much fun. It made me realize, I just want to, I just want to, I want to be a part of projects that have, like fight sequences like that. It's just so, it's so, so much fun. But yeah, when we were doing that first scene, that first, the the scene where we sit down and we, we do our order. I mean, T has like so much to order and he's just so funny. And the whole menu, the whole menu. And there was a take where he, he, uh, he, I don't know what he orders. He orders and then Beatrice goes to me and she's like, and for you? And then I look up at her and I'm like, and I go, oh, yes. And then I look and I'm like, um, no, I know. I know what I want. Um, uh, what what do I I know? Oh yeah, I'm going to no. And and like T and Nick, I, they both go, they go and they look away because they're like they're holding their breath. And I'm like, 
I know what I want. And literally there's like 10 things on the menu. There's not even that much. And like Nick is like putting he puts his hand in his hand. And I'm like, I'm I, this whole time I'm 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 wish I'm hoping that they use the steak, but it's just it really is just too much air. And I get why they didn't use it. But like and then after all that time, I'm like, yep, uh, I'll get the plain muffin. It's just, it, <laughs> I just, it's just a funny moment. It was just a really funny moment, but it, the way they cut it, it was hilarious. And, and it was the way it was supposed to be. But um, we just, had, I, it was just a lot of, a lot of that. Yeah. yeah, it was just so. I, I kind of like that long version because it just adds to like uh, Trunk getting even more angrier and angrier. Because yeah, um, that's right. Uh, when I spoke with Joel, I, I should probably put that one, that, his interview out sooner than later because he did episodes three and six. And so, yes. but um, he, he had shared, because I didn't, I didn't pick up on this. He said every episode, Trunk is supposed to get like aggressively hungrier and hungrier, and so yeah. I, I just thought like, yeah, the man's hungry; he just needs to eat. But Paul's, you know, like him being impatient with Paul ordering, I think that would just add even more to it. But it was already earned as it is. It is already earned, and also it's like you know, there's just so much to cut out of an episode, and it wasn't the most important part of like the storytelling. It's just kind of funny. It's a funny moment, but yeah. yeah. You uh, mentioned uh, enjoying fight sequences. What can you share about uh, being tied up or Paul and Blast being tied up and all of that sequence? Uh, Zach did share that it wasn't him when, when you know, you had to flip over. Oh, yeah. It was obviously. Hey, yeah. For me, it, but was, just, it was Hayden. Hayden, uh, my, my son double. Oh, he literally. Schlossberg. Hayden Schlossberg. Wow. He oh, really no, got not into Hayden it. Schlossberg. No, Hayden Schlossberg. <laughs> Hayden Hayden yeah, Lamb. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, so Hayden flies in. Uh, and he's like, hey, man, thank you so much like for hiring me. Like, He's just the nicest guy, such a talented guy, such a generous human being. He comes in, he walks on set, and they're like, all right, this is right, we're doing this rig. This is your first stunt, um, and it's the chair stunt. It was, that was his first like experience on Obliterated. And they're like, we're doing this chair flip, and it's rigged with like a police, uh, and it's just... And like three guys, like, you know, lifting it up in the air and, and it's just insane. It's just, it's just crazy. Like I, I being tied up was, um, I was going to say fun, but that's, that's a little kicky, but it was, I mean, uh, it can be. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it was, I mean, it was like, it was, it was fun. Um, talking about like, you know, how I like honest re like reactions like i want i want it to feel real i i um uh the guy who played gleb like he's uh neil he's so he's so talented um he plays a good bad guy um he i remember he him asking me um telling me he's like hey how hard do you want me to like you know and i was like go go for it he's like go for it and i'm like yeah just yeah, smack me around. Like, do it. Like, I, I want, I want, I want, I want this to sell. Like, I, like he, like the punch that wasn't real. Um, and I, <laughs> but, but like everything else, like there's a moment where he like slaps me in the face, and you see my my head, and he slaps my. And after that take, America comes up. She's like, she was like, did you, did you like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm sorry. I probably should have told you. I told him, I told him to do that. Like, and Neil was like, are you okay? Like that was, that was really hard. Like he's the sweetest guy. And he was like, are you sure are you show okay? I'm like, yes, I'm okay. Do it again. You know, like, um, and, uh, and then Amer America comes over and then tells me like, you know, 
like she was such she was such a great director she like gave me so much to work with and she was like you know the moment like she he he waves the the card he that's he's he's gonna he's gonna go to your daughter and who knows what he's gonna do and then she and then she leaves and then i'm like there and i'm like i'm like no no this is because of me like this is all because of me like you're gonna like this is all gonna happen so it was it was uh terrifying it was fun that whole that whole that whole day was amazing yeah 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 Yeah. so many uh great sequences um involving paul uh a a lot of a lot of like kind of subtle comedy too just just even in lines you know like you kind of like you, you know, like you, you deliver these lines, and like if nobody's paying attention, you can go over their heads. Like the big will, you know, all right, you know, talking about like let's go see this guy, you know, not not knowing that it's an actual, uh, you know, yeah, club. yeah, just kind of like playing it super, like kind of dry, kind of flat, kind of real, not flat, but real, and um, you know, like they, I remember when they there's a line where like oh somebody's definitely got their fuck on in here, and she's like nobody got their fuck on, and, and then. And then the line was, somebody definitely had sex in here. Um, I, in my mind, I was like, he would say fornicate. You know, I was like, yeah, somebody definitely fornicated in here. And then nobody laughed. And then I changed it to sex. And then Hayden um, Slothbury said, say fornicated. That was, that was great. And I was like, okay. And, and everybody, and it, you know, and it, it was written in a way where it kind of felt like Paul could have said it in disgust. Um, but like, I kind of, felt like oh you know he's a father and i don't like it would be funny if we went the other way and he was like yeah like he's almost like a detective like yeah somebody definitely fornicated in here you know and then like even with like the the when when ava pukes like you know he's like look he's like yeah there are definitely chunks of quesadilla and uh, pineapple is it there are chunks of quesadilla yeah no yeah it was, it, you know you know it, he kind of like wait what was the line it's like there's definitely chunks of Food in there is that a piece of quesadilla? That's it. Yeah, there's a I, 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 that reminds me of like you had commented on something I shared and you said, Oh, yeah, the puke was real, that they, they had to like CGI some of oh, it. I, out. No, I, yeah. was, I was a joke. That was so a joke. I believed you, and then Paola was like, Hey, stop playing. You know, I was like, I was like, Oh, he's messing with me. She's calling him I out on it. <laughs> I just, I really like seeing your guys' interactions on my post. I was like, I was like, they're having fun. <laughs> You know, I love it. I was, I was like, I felt bad because I was like, oh, I think he's thinks I'm serious, but I. And then Paula wrote, I was like, okay, good. And then, um, but I also kind of wanted it to go viral. Like, I kind of wanted like people to think, oh wait, like Shelly Hennig actually puked. Like, I so kind of. After that had happened, I learned how to use people's comments as reels. I haven't done one yet, but I was like, oh, because that, because I was like, oh, that's that's that that would have been an opportune moment, you know that oh. Hey, Eugene Kim says that this, you know, I could have used that in, in over yeah. print. So if the, maybe, maybe in the future, if you, you know, keep commenting, we'll, we'll see, you know, that might end we'll up. See. Yeah, we'll see how that works. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as we get ready to wrap up, is there any uh, uh, sequences that we haven't discussed that, that, that you kind of wanted to share some behind the scenes, some improvisation that maybe uh, wasn't on paper and, and like, Hey, let's do this. And then it just became like, Oh wow. Like this was like the choice to go with kind of thing. You know, like the kissing, right? Right. So, so didn't know that was not scripted. Yeah. Um trying to think. I do like these of Haggerty and Paul though. You know, like uh, I like their their there introduction. More. I almost wish there was more, but every time we had our like our moment at the end and Zod talks to him. Um I don't know. There is a moment that I was like uh, 
one of my worst we can talk about my worst moment on set um okay and, yeah something challenging or you sure yeah, worse your, your words there was a um a day where i just had crazy like brain fog like i couldn't think and like i didn't have covid yet but i had i did end up having covid later on in the shoot which which only that actually lasted like three days because yeah but anyway um i there was a line where i say where i have to say i'm going to sacrifice myself and the line is i hope so but my daughter's in the city if the only way to save her life is for me to fly this nuke into the desert then like there's no question and it's 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 my decision to make you know um and i and i could not get that line out um and i think they have like a blooper reel of it somewhere because they because i i think i had maybe 10 takes of me saying this line and i couldn't say it i kept on saying I hope so, but my daughter's in the desert. If I have, if the only way to save her life is for me to fly this nuke into the city, and then I, and then I was like, and then I said, oh man, I'm not a terrorist. And then everybody started laughing, and then I could not not say my daughter's in the desert. And I kept on saying my daughter's in the desert. My daughter's in the and 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 then I see Shelly holding her breath, and she's like, like, and she's in the back. I'm like, and I could not say, and everybody's laughing. It's again the last thing to be shot in the day we need to make our day um and there was a lot of pressure we finally got it but it was like you know so now people people still like you know joke with me to this day they're like your daughter's in the desert yeah and speaking of daughters who is this and now my daughter is in the room this is what is a what a great segue yeah yeah i okay. totally planned you know you know i was like that hey was well, he's his daughter coming Hi, so this she's one. so cute I like your glasses. Thank you. Daddy, my brother and I don't have a Okay, I'm finishing up. Okay, I'll see you when I'm done. Okay, say bye. Say bye. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Penelope. Hi, Penelope. Oh, what a cutie. Thank you. Yeah, we hope to, maybe she'll be our take it to retirement early <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 definitely so um that yeah anything involved with like you know like uh one of my buddies uh mike over at cobra kai wisdom you know he uh when the show came out he shared something about paul and saying like paul is the dad in, in all of us you know and so uh just super relatable even if uh, you don't have kids and you're an uncle you know or uh you know something like that that we can really just being such a busy person and not uh, being quote unquote there, uh, you know, present for our kids' lives. And so like that moment, you know, was very, uh, you know, it, it just, it felt very real. And, and, and then the, the exchange uh, from the helicopter, it's, yeah, it's, uh, did not expect, because, you know, when you hear like John, Josh and Hayden are kind of going back to the roots, the hard art comedy, but like people are also like, oh, this is nothing like Cobra Kai, but the character stuff, that's that's in their DNA, character yeah. driven. Everyone is the, the star of their own story, yeah. and Paul has his moments. Holy shit! I did not expect to sob and ball. Just, uh, you know? It really just catches yeah. you off guard. Yeah, it yeah. really. Yeah, it really does. And and I think uh, my co-host watch party. He was just like, 
the gremlin that that's like that caught me off guard and that's like the most amazing thing you know it's like he just loved that you know just yeah. not something you expected yeah um, there's a lot of heart in this and there's a lot of like people really don't know like people aren't reading between the lines there's so much to read like the fact that you have that this show is ultimately about unity and you know in in our culture right now there's so much division yeah and what i love about our show is that it doesn't discriminate um and in fact it really does bring people together because you know we are a team that ha we have different philosophies different 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 backgrounds ideologies ideologies and you know we disagree we argue we're screaming at each other you know we there's so much but at the end of the day in order to to beat the bad guys you know the people that want to divide which is ultimately what the show is about we have to we have to we 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 defeat them by uniting we we do it together and there's something really beautiful about that there's something really beautiful about hey you know you and i don't agree with a lot of things but we can certainly fight together and we can we can win you know so i i really I don't know. I, I, so far, I'm just I'm really so proud that this show is is has been number one, you know, globally last week, and that it, you know we'll see you know how it does for the for the rest of the month. And I I just I really I really hope that people not only laugh and that they enjoy themselves, but that they can actually really understand what what the meaning of our show is about. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that's a great point to end because I got the camel and the gremlin behind you signaling like, hey, time to wrap up, buddy. You know, so, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. You, you, thank you so much for carving out some time to, to speak with me. Uh, I, I really yes. love kind of picking your brain about your craft. You know, you're so yeah. passionate, you know, yeah. about your work and like he hearing how your mind operates and, and all that. I, I love it. So that's that's why I like doing these companion interviews is because it's like yeah it's it's cool we get to see like the stuff on screen and like Netflix releases all these little fun behind the scenes stuff but not often do we get like really long form interviews to really hear them kind of get into the psyche of their characters and so so really appreciate your time. Well, thank you for having me. This I really enjoyed myself. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, if you welcome the interaction, where can listeners give you a follow if they don't already? Uh, you can follow me on OnlyFans. Uh, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you and Adam uh, Hirschman, you know, like, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, oh, yeah. he's, he's working on getting his. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> I it'll, asked be me, him. it'll be me and Zod. Me and Zod, are, we have our own OnlyFans uh, now. A dual, a dual OnlyFans? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and newly on Twitter, um, uh, Eugene Sam Kim. Very simple, yeah. That's that's your brand. So both ha uh, handled for for the same for the same one, yeah. For the same one, yeah. That's right. All right. And for anybody that isn't already following me on Instagram, I am at Obliterated Companion Companion Network. If you guys want to follow the other things I do, Cobra Kai, Twisted Metal, things like that, and X slash Twitter, whatever you're calling it these days, Obliterated Pod. Very easy to find. Pretty active, I feel. And Eugene, I did see your very first tweet, even though yes. you started the account like years ago. <laughs> Yeah, well, I started it because I actually had one before and it got somehow hacked and it's somebody still has has it on. So I just created it just so that I could say this is me. But yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. All right. For me, uh, if Instagram is your thing, I do run a few different accounts, a companion 
uh, network is one and also obliterated companion you can find me there or on x slash twitter at uh, obliterated pod so um yeah thank you guys for checking out this episode hopefully you guys subscribe check out the youtube channel and we will catch you guys next time This has been a production of the Companion Network.